Would you care to step outside? What are you doing for this? Superman. Who are you? You are him. The lasso of Hastia compels me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Titans are back, bitches! Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of DC on RMD Titans Edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can find us on demand on your mobile device. Just check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, whatever your favorite streaming service is, and search DC on RMD. Once you find us, give us a review. It helps the show out a lot. I'm your host, Stephen. Today, I've got Michael. Hello. And David. Hello. And uh, before we get into today's episode, we have a little bit of news from WeGotThisCovered.com. Um... The headline reads, DC Universe is slowly but surely going to be shut down. Um, and we've kind of speculated the, about this uh, amongst ourselves uh, behind the scenes. I think maybe once or twice we've talked about it on air, at least uh, with the CW shows, of them not really knowing, and maybe even during Swamp Thing, but them kind of really not knowing what the hell their footing is and with Time Warner, you know, and AT&T and all these mergers and acquisitions that are yeah, going on no game plan. Yeah. Th- there hasn't been a strategy, a cohesive strategy across their film and TV properties for quite some time now. And then you get them buying into the, the HBO sphere. And now it's, well, what's going on? You got CW streaming. You've got some stuff over on Hulu still. I think ABC, I think was going to have their own streaming. It was going to have their own streaming. And then yeah. you got DCU and then you've got HBO and, at some point, when you have all these properties that you're buying up and you have all these different streaming backbones that you're supporting, that's money. And if they're not on same code bases and same backbones and infrastructures and server infrastructures, that's extra cost. Yes. And from a shareholder perspective, they're going to want to cut that. From so, a consumer from a consumer well, standpoint. From a consumer standpoint, if you're into all of those things and you're buying and subscribing, then sure, it's hitting your pocketbook pretty hard. But mm-hmm. from a from a business uh, perspective, it's not very financially sound. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right, Steve. In fact, there was an executive for a hedge fund that recently released an open letter. He owns millions and millions and millions of shares of AT and T. His his hedge fund. Mm-hmm. which gives him a seat at the table. Sure. And uh, he wrote in this open letter that AT&T, they have no game plan. Mm-hmm. And he specifically mentioned all their acquisitions and their streaming services. He specifically said they have no plan. None of us have seen it. How can you run a company when you just say things with press releases, but there's actually no strategy to get there? At least he says none of us have seen it. Yeah, a, a plan without a strategy is just a PowerPoint deck. Yeah, it, it actually has to have some meat behind it. You have to have a timeline and a roadmap of how to get to where you're going, or at least have an idea of where that is that you're going. And it's one thing to buy up all these properties and try to get as much uh, market share. And we've seen all this consolidation of all these companies for years now, and it's only yeah. getting worse. Um, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. But unfortunately, what it sounds like may happen for us DCU fans, based on the speculation, is we might start seeing some of our shows land over on HBO, which maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing well, if you already let's have specify, HBO. Though. Let's it's HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah. sure. And, and that's a whole nother clusterfuck, right? Is because there's these different versions of HBO and it, 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 again, they don't know what they're doing. The mm-hmm. reason why they chose that name was obviously because of brand value. And sure. the thing is, is they're not going to bring that type of brand to HBO Max. HBO is going to be separate. So they're just using a name, but it's not actually even HBO because it's not going to have any of the HBO content. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre clusterfuck. And to make it even worse, Steve, they announced this week that Titans has been renewed for season three. Right. On DCU. DCU. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? what? fuck are you guys doing this is like it's like a a very old school way of thinking back in business right grab all the assets you can build up your portfolio yeah it's a very old school method but the thing is 
now the game's changed and mm-hmm. a lot of companies have to understand that the landscape is now changed to the point where you have to have a strategy. Otherwise because your you're stock confuse audiences. You're going to confuse yeah, audiences one. and you're going to confuse your shareholders. And in essence, your stock will go down. The, the scariest part for me as a consumer or just, I, I don't want to say outright anti-establishment, but there's a part of me that's very anti-establishment, at least from a wall street perspective, I, Mike and I are not on the same wavelength on this part, but <laughs> When you talk about vertical integration, it makes sense, right? But there was a reason monopoly laws were written were back written in the day. Back in the day. And, and, you know, when you look at the, the alcohol industry or the booze industry, uh, beer specifically, you know, they specifically took uh, brewers and said, okay, you cannot have bars. It was a separation of church and state, as it were. So <laughs> exactly. you could not own that vertical integration. You had to sell your beer through a distributor who then in turn would sell it through to bars or or to uh, – you know, restaurants or what have yeah. you, or, 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 but what we're seeing here because of the advent of streaming and even just the ability for a company like Time Warner and AT&T to merge. Now you have a distribution channel through the telecom with content and we're seeing this happen you know, again, just in a different industry. No, mm-hmm. I actually agree with you, Steve. It is a conflict of interest because, I mean, your analogy was beautiful, and I agree with that. But you could even bring it closer to home. There is something. The one of the first things you learn in film school when it, when you're learning the business side mm. is there is a rule that studios never get involved with exhibition. With exhibition, you have the theater. It's it was a tried and true relationship between studio production houses. And the exhibitor, which is the theaters. Mm -hmm. Theaters are angry because that rule now has been trashed because everybody is now also making content, bypassing the theaters and putting original films on their streaming services. So the rules have changed. In fact, you bring up vertical integration. And that's another thing that another AT&T, the former head of AT&T, I take that back. The former head of DirecTV, who now sits at the seat when they got bought out by AT&T, he sits at the seat with the rest of the the lead guys, the board. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote a letter two weeks ago and did an interview saying, I don't understand why we're doing all this vertical integration. integration. The future is not what people think it is. What we're going to do is we're going to end up hurting everything because we're trying to do everything. And there's no reason why we have to. Yep, and, and what ends up happening when you are an organization or a large institution like that and you try to do everything, it's like the game of risk. You have yeah. way too many pieces spread out across the board, and what's going to happen? Somebody's going to come in and, and whoop your wipe, ass. wipe you out. Yeah. And, and how many times have I said this, David, on a show? Just because you can should, doesn't mean you should. should. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting. You know, they like Mike said, Titans Season 3 renewed, so that's a bonus. I think we all hoped it would happen and thought it would happen. Everything's been going strong. Yeah. Um, the question is, is it going to end up on DCU long term? If they, if they kill DCU, unfortunately, you know, Marvel has Marvel Unlimited where you can read unlimited comics, but there's a separation between their comics and the rest of their content, the of content, which yeah. now lives on Disney+. Plus. So if we lose that, that's one great thing about DCU is that you can get all of that content under one roof where it all makes sense. You're targeting right. a very specific audience, people who love DC Comics and all things around DC Comics. Yeah. And you saw that press release that came out, I want to say last week with the Green Lantern news, that yeah. they specifically said that when they announced that they're having a Green Lantern series and it's going to be on HBO, HBO Max. Max. They then followed that point or that bit of news, I should say, by stating that moving forward, HBO Max will be the home for all exclusive original DC content, both series and original feature films. So they're going to be doing all this stuff on HBO Max when they already have this, the place for it. So I don't who knows what they're doing. If anything, if they're going to keep them separate for some weird reason, then they should at least bring the DCU into the fold as maybe an add on bonus, much like uh, AMC does with Sundance. If you subscribe to our streaming service, you also get Sundance as well. So if they were to do that, HBO Max, and then you get a bonus login for DCU for free, then then we have a business strategy here. 
But nobody likes to give away anything for free. So Yep. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Anyways, we thought we'd mention that real quick uh before we break into the show, which let's do right now. Season two, episode eleven, ELO. With Dick still in prison and Gar under the microscope at Cadmus, the remaining Titans are called together to save their teammates. This episode was directed by Millicent Shelton and written by Bianca Sams. Um, this one, like last week, I struggled with notes simply because the 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 script was all over the place. <laughs> it was just everywhere. Um, so much jumping around, almost needlessly, um, that it made it hard to find some some meaningful, meaty, common threads. There was some, but I think the biggest one was just everyone having to deal with the continued fallout and being deep into their own mental anguish and emotional turmoil of what's happened with the team splitting. And then, you know, kind of having to pull pull them back together. You know, we said with any show or any story for that matter, doesn't really matter whether it's a show or a movie pairing your characters down so that they have to build themselves back up. It works when done well. And there's things about this that I really enjoy and how they're tackling it. But because we're so fractured and so splintered and we got characters all over the place, it's really hard to balance it all out and bring them home. Um, What I enjoyed about it though was ultimately how that all happened um, (laughs) with, with, um, the, the weird, it felt like a Heroes episode where there's some weird thing happening that's pulling all of our characters back together. Back together. Or, or even, Mike, you'll appreciate this, it almost felt like all along the Watchtower from Battlestar. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this weird radio transmission and it's bringing the Cylons together. Only in this case, it's bringing the, the team back together. Back together. And I really enjoyed that, and it didn't take me long before I was I was sitting there by myself, lonely on the couch, going, <laughs> "It's Bruce! It's Bruce! I know it's Bruce!" <laughs> and lo and behold, it ended up being Bruce bringing them all to shithole, middle of nowhere, Nevada diner. Yeah, how did it feel being right when you're all by yourself? You know, it's kind of like a tree falling in the woods. Yeah, nobody nobody heard it. I I had to text Mike. Just that means so technically s- you weren't right then because. Yeah. Goes back to that old, no, age old question. Yeah, nobody, nobody heard nobody it. Nobody heard M- it. Mike got the text, but for all he knows, it could have been well after the fact. <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't. I, I you know, um, yeah, you probably watched the episode, then text me. <laughs> like I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was careful about when I text you. I didn't want to ruin the show for you in case you were not as Next far time along. You need to uh, send along an image as well with the running time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we'll hook you up to a lie detector to okay. make sure you didn't go back. Fair enough. So stupid. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, it felt good to have Bruce uh, doing Bruce-like things. It kind of begs to question, what all can Bruce do? Because This is Batman we're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, and. So it made sense for him to be able to pull uh, Dawn in and Donna. Yeah. That made sense to me. Um, even Corey, it made some sense to me. What threw me off was Raven. Because he was going into Raven's mind. So does he just know that all he has to do, does he know so much about Raven and no one else does that he just knows he can project thought into the universe? Well, you got to remember, I mean, it goes back to that Adel, uh, that adage about the DC universe. He's Batman. <laughs> you know, and you know like, what? If, if it was any other character, and if it any was any other, other show, character? I'd be like, I need this explained. But for yes. some reason, but for some reason, it's, it, it was revealed that it was Bruce Wayne. I'm like, I don't even have a question I, about no it. No one questions this because it's it's well, something is, as DC fans we all know. Yeah, it's it's Bruce, well, and we knew he had trackers in in the Robins. Yes, right. Does that mean that somehow he's tracking? everyone in some way that they don't know even if it's not a physical tracker embedded of course he does and i yeah and and for for some reason not for some reason and because of this it's it made me really like this bruce wayne because because it shows that he does even though he's a very controlling and manipulative father uh he does care and he's a little probably oversteps his boundaries i mean there is no boundaries but he of course, is going to let Robin or Dick Grayson go out and do whatever he wants and be a man. 
but I'm going to watch you and make sure you're safe. Safe. Yeah. And <laughs> when you're in jail, I'm going to make sure we get the team back together to go rescue your ass. Rescue your ass. He, he, it's, it's amazing how much of everything he knows. What's it, it, Master strategist here, right? Like he's keeping That's his how finger. That's he's always been positioned. Right, keeping as, his finger on the pulse of everything. Just like he keeps his finger on the pulse of Superman because he, he doesn't feel he can 100% trust him. him. Yeah. And he really doesn't know, even though he cares, I can't trust anybody. anybody. And that's one of the strengths of Batman. And I think that's why we, as DC fans, embrace it when, you know, when something randomly happens and Batman's standing there, we all just don't even blink and go, oh, yeah, he's Batman. Because the strength of him, it's always been said that. It's his distrust for everyone is what will be his undoing. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, his paranoia of everyone is is also his strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's constantly thinking one step ahead of everybody. Well, and it's going to be tiring. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think that's the strength of this episode for me was that it's a really cool way to give a character development without saying, hey, guys, this story is going to be about Bruce Wayne because mm-hmm. this episode did build a lot of understanding for this version of Bruce Wayne, which is very much on par with the Bruce Wayne we know in the comic books. Um, And I, one thing I can appreciate because there was a few posts where people were saying, well, why didn't he on social media? Why didn't he just, if he knows about Connor and Gar and, and Dick Grayson, why is he not just putting on the bat suit and getting it done? Like, well, that defeats the point. Yeah, exactly. That defeats the point because He's also, everything's a lesson when it comes to Batman. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Dick Grayson. And he could very well put the bat suit on and and, sure. and, and save the day and fix things. But what was his point? Well, yeah, that, what's his point? He wanted to bring the team together. This is a training session. Yep. You got re- to remember that Batman has always been, Batman has always been portrayed as that guy who's so close being like that intelligent villain, but he's still a good guy. That where you're trying to say he's a mastermind. He's a mastermind. He is, he yeah. He's a mastermind. And that's why we're like, even with the dick visions that he's been the having, dick visions. the dick visions, <laughs> wow. the, the visions of that dick has been having of Bruce. I'm like, that even sounds worse. <laughs> that sounds better. But uh, it really makes me think, I wonder if Bruce, is, this is how Bruce really does treat him. Because Bruce always has dick on his mind. Because like, <laughs> if, Throughout this entire time with Bruce, it makes sense that a mastermind would treat his protege like that. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. And that's why that whole entire thing made sense to me. When Mm -hmm. he brought them all together, he sat down. He was in the center. The way it was framed uh, from a cinematography standpoint just made sense. He's there. He knows what he's doing. He's the one who has his shit together, at least in this story. And 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 he's and he's doing them all actually a service in that he's helping them grow. As a it, team. As a team and even as individuals. And yeah. how gangster was it that he just grabbed a donut and then peaced out in his in his uh, luxury vehicle? He's like, <laughs> right. Without even saying goodbye. With his nice James Bond jacket. Yeah, too. James Bond jacket. I Dude, loved it. I love him. I love him. It was it was pretty pretty sweet to see um all around, uh you know, going back to the dick vision. Um the whole <laughs> fighting sequence of him with with Dick while Dick is you know, sick or ill or Jardia, whatever the fuck's going on with him. Um, that whole fighting sequence was so beautifully done. Um, really enjoyed the hell yeah. out of that. And, and, and then t- for them to cut back after there was a moment there where I'm going, you know, did he implant something in Dick's brain? Would even you be surprised. I wouldn't. Um, Oh man, that'd be awesome actually. Yeah. But it would be, it, it would be, that would be something that Bruce would do. That's so fucked up. It, it, is. it is fucked up, but it goes back to like what we were saying. Because it's Bruce, because it's Batman, we're like going, okay, he knows best. There may be he's the mastermind. He knows best. He knows best. <laughs> in and, his and that's, mind. That's what I liked about that scene, too, in the diner, because none of them, not even Donna, could say anything. Because once they found out it's Bruce, they're like going, okay. Right. What do you do? What What do we do? We can't, We we can't, like talk back to him no because he's freaking batman he's batman (laughs) i i love it we've never if you think about it we've never been given this 
Batman before, this no. Bruce Wayne. The one that we actually read about in the comic books. There's probably a lot of mainstreamers out there who are watching the show and they don't understand this. Or maybe they're like, why is he acting like this? This is Batman. This is Batman. To yeah. a T. And we've never seen this side of his personality mm-hmm. truly worked out in a movie. That's why I, I don't know about you guys, but I know there's been a lot of talk about seeing Bruce in the the suit, in the Batman suit. I'm like going, no. No. He doesn't need it. He Why? doesn't need it. Why? Batman doesn't need to act- – it, it. this sounds bad of me, but Bruce does not need to lower himself oh. for this team because mm. let's face it, to him, these are just – this is a young team that's trying to get together. He's been with the freaking Justice League. Yeah, they're dealing with much smaller fish. <laughs> exactly. And I would be, I hate to say it, if I was Bruce, I'd be like looking at. Why do you hate at, to say it? Oh, and slow down. Because, because, slow down. Okay, because. You're starting to get really excited again. Because I'm so excited because I love this 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 version of Bruce because it stays so true to the comics. Because it's probably the most accurate representation we've had would, of Bruce Wayne, to be honest with you. If if Donna were to give him lip, which is her character. He'd be she, ba- backhander. Bruce would basically just look at her and say. Um, let me go talk to your cousin and right. see if you measure up. And mm. that's why and that would shut everyone he could, up. He could cut her down very easily, very easily. And it, you know what? We, as the audience and as the fans, we're like, going, okay, Hey, don't talk back to Batman because guess what? You're just basically just pissing in the wind at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, going back to the the scene in the in the prison, just the way that he got inside Dick's mind, <laughs> yeah. the way he got inside Dick in that cell, um, was 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 really intense. And to see Dick fighting with himself, essentially, <laughs> Mike's losing his shit. Just seeing Dick fight with him himself, and then to ultimately, he's basically doing like a form of of tai chi or some kind of kata or something you know like uh was really cool um man so much goodness there with bruce kind of in the background as as a father figure and a mentor and and seeing how it's all playing out and the amazing thing is like bruce didn't take away anything from the story that's what i thought was amazing it only added to it only added to it because the story is just like what mike has stated in the past couple episodes the series story is about Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. I think that's become more and more apparent that yeah. what a couple of weeks ago I said that he is the myth arc. He's and I think arc. we can probably say that, that I think so because we have the Raven thing. That's definitely not going to come to an end by next week. We have Starfire, which is definitely not going to come to an end by next week. No, the, the story is Dick Grayson yeah. and his internal struggle his inner demons absolutely and and where that was really evident besides the obvious of him wrestling around on that bed and tossing the bed around and whooping some ass on guards <laughs> um there was a beautiful shot in that prison cell where mm-hmm. it, it, you could see a cross there was there was a cross made of the two vertical windows with yeah. with a horizontal cut that that was made on, on the wall uh, as part of the wall trim and it was very obvious what they were doing there, but it was so beautifully done. And when that bird landed up there, which I'm assuming <laughs> was Raven, um, you know, and then ultimately to see a wing cast on his shadow over so him, it was so beautifully done. Again, like something straight out of a of panel. A, com- a panel. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, but, you know, going back to last week, David, you <laughs> called it, buddy. You absolutely called it, and, yeah. and um, you know, two weeks ago, as you as you muttered that out, and and or sorry, uh, Mike called it, David confirmed it, and I sat here like a dumbass with my <laughs> mouth open. So we talked about it on last week's episode, and I'll be damned if we're we're not right. Okay, did they confirm it though? They haven't, right? Oh. So they didn't have to be. They didn't have to outright and overtly say it yeah. because the subtext with what yeah. Batman was saying the entire time to Dick, letting Dick know, and then ultimately Dick having that vision of seeing the the screens, and there was that one shot of Slade sitting in the chair with his hands doing sign language. Yep. And, and there who was he is. doing the sign language? Was he talking to the mom? Possibly, possibly, or is, possibly. He, or is he 
No, that wouldn't make sense. Or maybe no, no, it's it a, would make sense if he was no, trying no, no, to sign no. language to mom. I, I'm saying I was gonna say that maybe he's trying to talk to Dick Grayson. Maybe he's trapped. Maybe it is Slade. That would be it, interesting. You get what I think? Yeah. What if it's Slade? Like a duality going on, right? What if it's Slade who is calling the shots, but Jericho is inside of him, trapped. So maybe he's not the bad guy. Maybe Jericho is trapped and Slade. It's possible. I mean, because the sign language thing was definitely, uh, I feel like it's a little too easy at this point. I know it wasn't up to now, but now that it's been spelled out, I have a feeling this was any well, it other. Was signed out. So stupid. <laughs> if this was any other like CW run of the mill DC show, I'd be like, yep, that's it. <laughs> but I have a feeling because they pretty much confirmed it. There's got to be one more twist. Oh, yeah. and, and it has to be with Rose. So, well, no, I'm saying the twist is with Slade Wilson. I don't think it's going to be as easy as Jericho is the bad guy and he's inside a Slade. If they didn't allude to it this week in, in it, the way they did, then I'd say, yes, that's what's going to happen. That's what we've been saying. But he looks restrained. He looks like yeah. he can't quite move. I, I agree with Mike on that one. I think there was a little bit more uh, thickness added to the to the subplot here. I I. You know, if anybody out there knows sign language and knows what the hell he signed, <laughs> hit, please hit let us, us know. Yeah, hit us up and tell us on on Inst- or on Twitter or Facebook. Tell us, please. Steve, don't you think that would actually fix my issue that I had? My problem was it, you're expecting me to, to take a big leap here to believe that Jericho just turned bad. Right, right. And, and what's really interesting about that, which... Um, you know, we talked about earlier before the show is could Jericho have been inhabiting um, Rose from time to time because she's been having all kinds of crazy mood swings. I uh, wouldn't have her acting kind of out of the norm at times. And then very romantic, much, romantic, depressive going on here. <laughs> right. And It'd so be really cool, especially like especially if like that it, it brings into the uh, brings into question about that conversation she had on the phone. Yes. Because remember, she tells him that she wants out. Right. right. So so we we also hypothesized very early on, um, episode three, four, maybe we hypothesized that she was in Titan's Tower to, to splinter the team from within, and we weren't sure if we could trust her. Trust her. And so now it's, it's revealed that, we, again, we were right. Um, you can't trust her. At least you couldn't or shouldn't have before. But is that because um, she was working with who she thought was Slade or was she working with who we now know as Jericho in Slade? Or is there like this weird duality and even we don't know which is coming out of Slade at any given moment? But what we do know is that the Jason Todd dick was so good (laughs) and made her switch sides. Yeah, she she. Yeah, she chose she chose Jason's dick over pretty much everybody. Over Daddy's dick? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wait a minute, but then then that then that really is weird if Jericho was in Rose's body. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But he's also in his dad's body. What happens when he needs to go take a shit? Like oh, is is he like uh like check does he, does he, does he check? Oh, come on. <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. We talked see, about you know what what was rape last episode, oh, see, what, but this is just a whole new level. Of this is the up. problem with Jericho's power. With great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility, and this Jericho man, great responsibility, or just don't be a fucking skis. <laughs> well, if mom starts getting fresh on Slade, like you know, what are you what are you gonna do? You eject out. <laughs> you eject. Maybe, maybe you that's why she was, out. <laughs> Maybe that's why she was actually really down and downtrodden because she just realized she had sex with her son. Now, oh. it, let's say you did do that, and then you got her pregnant. Would that be a brother and a son? I'm just, oh. I'm just, or a sister and, and a, and a oh, yeah. father, <laughs> or, or yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. That this is. This, my brain. this this shows for all comic book fans. Or would out you there. just be reborn? I mean, what? I'm just <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the end game here. All he has to do is <laughs> shoot him into some water. Right, I'm ready. I'm ready to be reborn. Let's do this. 
Just <laughs> blow one into mom. Let's. let's. Oh, <laughs> well, son, your mom can no longer have kids. Well, go find my sister. Oh, keep it in the family. You'll be fine. Like a backwoods family. Oh, <laughs> this man. Is a, this is going to have to be a. It's dark. Multiple disclaimers on this show. Yeah, this is dark. Oh, they they could go really dark with this, but man, it's Dave, gonna be interesting. Quit, quit making your dirty, skeevy fan fiction <laughs> over there, okay? Hey, hey, uh, comic books. Strange things happen in comic. I like books, how you man. almost didn't have an excuse I, I, I for your own your own disgustingness. You, you were you knew you were reaching. You didn't even know what to say. No, no, like, no hey, I hey, comic books. See, this is why we had the comics coded so shit like this wouldn't happen. <laughs> For pervert writers like David, exactly. All right, so Jericho is going to enter his sister. Then the sister is going to then have sex with her dad. dad. So I'm just getting some recycling of incest. And then Jason's going to find really. out that he had sex with Jericho. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, so so can we all agree that the 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 shared moment with Jason and and Rose was kind of a, a nice that was cool. A nice thing. In right? all seriousness, that was actually really cool, especially when Jason alluded to his own parents because his own parents lead to his downfall. And the fact that they actually bring that up, that his mom is an addict. Right. I'm and like going, Oh man, death it, in the family. I was waiting for him to go into more of the street level crime that he was, was into. Um, I was really, the way he's act that that guy is acting out the, the material that's being written for him is so beautifully done because we saw him as a much different character, not more than a handful of episodes ago, mm-hmm. and and just a complete asshole, but we loved him because it was Jason. It was Jason Todd. And he has been so broken through what he's gone through. We're seeing a completely different and emotional side of him that's been repressed since childhood. Mm-hmm. And now he's being able to find himself, as it were, and, and find more balance through Rose, which is a really odd way in which that to occur, you know? Yeah, which which is even more, when you really dive into it, that scene for me just made Jason look so tragic because he's a kid trying to find his own way. Tragic and, and relatable. And relatable because, like, it makes so much sense why he jumped, why he, why he wanted to become Robin for Batman. He needs that parental figure mm-hmm. because look at his parents, mm-hmm. and then that's such a, that's such a scar on him. When and I give props to, uh, I keep forgetting who's the actor that plays Jason, Kern Walters. Kern Walters. I give a lot of props to him because he really, really sold that emotion for Jason. Oh yeah, where. It's just not about him being an asshole and being a rough kid around the edges that need to be sanded. He was broken before before he ever met Bruce. He was, and, and for him to be sent off to have that sanding of the edges, understandably so. But now we're seeing this whole different side of him that possibly, quite possibly, Bruce has never seen. Yeah. And so here's here's a kid that has a range of emotions that have just most most of them have been bottled up and now he's getting to express them and show them to someone that that he's having an affection for and i i really don't think we'll ever see the story that i i would like them to actually continue on with jason is now we know what how jason is broken but just because of how this episode was we now know that bruce sees everything he sees everything. He's not worried about Dick. He's not worried about Jason because he tr- he believes in them. However, the story between Bruce and Jason now seems so tragic because Bruce has to know that this kid just wants to find a way and he just sent him away. <laughs> well, and it makes you wonder with all these puzzle pieces that they're laying out right now, could it possibly be that Rose... Um, and Jason do spark up something or maybe Jason finds this thing out about Rose and that further causes him to go into a deeper, darker, a deeper, emotional darker area. Yeah. It, it, what, what will be that trigger point if we get to see it where he ultimately goes down his path of destiny? Yeah. Will we see that? What, what's see the catalyst? I, yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting to me. Um, you know, skipping over to some of the other characters Dawn coming back, Donna coming back. Um, loved the whole 
Dawn driving in the truck and the Leslie Gore. <laughs> I, I love that. That song is a beautiful song. Um, but to have that playing on the radio was, was fantastic. But then for her to pull off and we've all been there, we've all been through a breakup. I think where we've taken a box of somebody's shit and either burned it <laughs> or threw it in the trash. Um, that's kind of the ultimate get over that, that feeling or that situation. It was very curious, though, that she got back out. She couldn't throw away the picture of the group photo. There was too much sentimental attachment to it. But one character we, that we didn't see come back into the fold was Hank. Mm-hmm. So I have to wonder. He died of an overdose. Yeah, right. If, if fentanyl or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have to think that the next time we see him. <laughs> He's holed up in a Motel 6 banging a fatty. Or he's probably, he might be sucking somebody off for oh, a score. Wow. <laughs> when he asked, where's the real stuff? And That's the guy's he, all yeah. whipped out his dick. Here you go. And he's Bruce like, is just like, I could call him. No. Yeah. How fucked up is that? Back. A Bruce that he would rather, he would rather watch his remote cam of Hank sucking somebody off to get a hit. What's that say about Bruce? Bruce didn't want to bother him. Yeah. He's, he's Batman. Like, eh, you know what? <laughs> he's Batman. He's let him, let him get his. Let him get his. Getting plowed in a Motel 6. Sorry, we'll just let him do it. Just let him do it on the dirty bed mattress. What? (laughs) It just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Well, he was at a skeevy bar asking some miscellaneous dude for the real stuff. What do you expect is going to (laughs) happen? Oh, it's next time we fall into an episode. The more you know, one hundred and one. Yeah. The next episode that we see, scary rainbow. It's going to be. I I have a feeling it's going to be not pretty. Um, I think maybe once we get Dick back out, uh, amongst, <laughs> once we get Dick back out, um, yeah, no, I think we might have to then go rescue Hank from his situation. Uh, I hope we do. It would be a tragic end to that character if all he does is is fall down that hard um, on Dick. <laughs> I swear to God, I could not be on that set. I would be fired. Because every time they say dick, you have to snicker a little bit. Now, sometimes you can be like, hey, dick, come over here. And it's like the, it's a different meaning. But the way they say it sometimes, it's so like blatantly sexual to me, the way they say it. Like when Raven was talking to everybody, when they all got together and they realized that Dick Grayson was in trouble. She says, guys, dick is in trouble. I'm like, <laughs> dick needs our help. I'm serious. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I just keep la- I would laugh so fucking hard and I want someone to call it out in the show. You know that they're they're having some cutting up behind the scenes. Oh, they have right? to. They have to. They have to. But we can't be the only children. We we might <laughs> we be. Might be. <laughs> we might be. Um let's have a real quick break uh and we'll be right back. So guys, if you love our shows, Go out to all your favorite streaming services and share them with your friends, your loved ones, your team titans. And every share that you give or review that you give helps out the show immensely. It helps us climb the charts in which they rate and score those podcasts. And it doesn't matter where you listen. Just go out there, share the links, give us a review, give us a like, and we really appreciate it. All right. So I, I do want to get into Cadmus fucking up Gar. Yeah, that was dark. That was really dark. And I wasn't expecting it like the opening scene too. like we're not even two seconds into the show and his head's open and they're sticking stuff into his head. Yeah. And like, that's Cadmus for you. That's 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 really, really messed up. And the way it transitioned later in the, in the episode, um, it kind of had me for a loop because we know that they clone and so the way they cut that scene back and forth between Gar in in the um, the facility and Gar on the couch when Raven comes home, I was like, "Is this is this a clone Gar that they've created, and now they're puppeteering him with the real Gar?" That's that's what it seemed to me. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, as the scene goes on, we find out that they're just whatever they put in his head. They figured out the magic button that triggers his the Abdullah beast mode. Yeah, Abdullah Magada, what's it called? Abdullah Ablangada. Ablangada, yeah. And and it yeah, it's triggering his beast mode, and he ate a bitch. And I'm so I got giddy 
when they did really? that. Really? Because the thing is savage. You're right. The thing is about Gar and, and the character of Beast Boy is a lot of people undervalue that character and them bringing it full circle really shows how nasty Gar can get. But he's it's such great. a he's such a lovable, cute guy that, that that's what like, made it so much more sinister. Uh, is like they took this like they took this it's innocent the perversion character. of innocence. Yeah, yeah. They, they took this innocent character and just made him into a killing machine and showed the potential of that innocent character. So, because in all honesty, they mature Manchurian candidated him. Yeah, when mm. you when you think of Gar's powers, the ability to turn into any animal and have those animal powers kind of have super strength and everything that is incredibly powerful but he doesn't really so far we've only seen him turn into a couple of different animals he seems to really really favor the tiger do you think he can turn into a trouser snake i'm just wondering <laughs> named dick well he can turn into a snake remember he did turn he into did a snake. he did turn into a snake i want to see him to turn into a t-rex i'm waiting for him to <laughs> actually turn imagine he's a t-rex and yes, the thing I is can. and the thing is he can but why wouldn't you why would you pick uh, tigers are cool don't get me wrong yeah. i would own a tiger if i could but a t-rex yeah i would go for the king of the motherfucking jungle and it ain't the lion it's a t-rex it's a t-rex and then like just the ability to actually show that gar is an absolute monster when he when he when he's at his full quote-unquote potential yeah well i think the the best thing about that is they connected something that has bothered him since the beginning of the season. Yes. And that's why I like this episode because we have been talking about all these strands that they just, well, here's a strand of narrative. Here's a strand. Here's a strand. And they're bringing them together. Yeah, they're starting to tie him up. Yeah. And the fact that that was something that bothered him, that he killed somebody when he was in his animal state, mm-hmm. it, it really shook him to his core because yeah. of what he felt is something that he wasn't capable of. And obviously he was, and he even mentioned it to Connor when he was trying to console Connor and said, Hey man, I have killed somebody. Mm -hmm. And now they're using his fear and something that's obviously inside his brain. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for something that would trigger the killer instinct and they found it. And that alone says so much about him as a character. The mm-hmm. fact that he does have a killer instinct somewhere buried deep into his brain. In fact, they, it was even a metaphor that dig deeper. Yeah. Yep. Dig deeper. And as soon as they found it, there it is. Yeah. Do it again. And it, it made the character of Gar also so sympathetic to the audience, in my opinion, oh. in this episode. Because you're now you're now rooting for him. Because that to was kill the thing. people. No, no, no. Oh. To, to, <laughs> to to actually fight back. Don't turn into this. We don't want Magar to turn into this. So, do we think that he might turn into um, something that the Titans have to reckon with and bring him all yeah. back? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Absolutely. that's what they're. I mean, that's why they tested it with someone he knew, someone that he obviously cared about, yeah. and that's that definitely brings up the threat level and the suspense level quite a bit, because if he is willing to kill someone he's obviously in love with, I think, I think most of us can say that he's definitely into her. Raven. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. It was, it was pretty obvious with the way he reacted in that situation that they kept probing on. They knew okay. that they hit that, that, that nerve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that I want to actually see is, okay, we know that they're doing this to Gar, but we know that they also have Connor. Right, which we didn't see. And which we didn't see. A fight between the Titans and Connor and Gar, that would be epic. Because if you think about it, it's the two characters that they all of them left behind. So in a lot of ways, those characters are going to, it's going to be in a very emotional battle. Mm-hmm. Because if the, those two do not give two shits about killing them, and they're they've been turned into killing machines. What are the yeah. Titans gonna do? Especially against a guy like Connor, you gotta call in Superman at that well, point. Well, yeah, and, and imagine that you you know your Lex sitting here. You're getting these daily updates uh, from Mercy, right? She's yeah. she's gonna be keeping you in the loop as to what's going on. So, kind of in that background, even though it's unspoken, Lex is he's playing a part. And the weirdest, in a distant way. weirdest part, you kind of get the sense that Bruce knows. Bruce knows what's going on. 
Well, he said he knows about Cadmus. Yeah, yeah. he knows about Cadmus, and he's basically Cadmus or Cadmus. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but um, so he must know what they're doing to Gar and Connor, and it's basically. He's not doing anything. He's going to let them find it out for themselves. How are they going to deal with this situation? He he specifically said when he was at that restaurant or that diner, he said he mentioned Connor by name and then said Gar. That's why one group went to go save Gar and the other group went to go save. save, uh, So he is aware. He knows everything that's going on, but he's like, hey, you guys. Sort it out yourself. You guys shit the bed. Now you clean it up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So speaking of killing people, the other thing that came to light in this episode was Rachel actually killed that girl's father with a gargoyle. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. And she wasn't aware of it. She wasn't aware of it. And she wasn't. And homegirl didn't seem to really give a shit either. Yeah. That you noticed that dark. too, right? Yeah. I mean, when your dad beats you and you piss blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's not necessarily, maybe whatever's in Raven. Yes. It's something that's maybe not ideal. But perhaps it's also some types of avenging entity. The fact that it killed a bad person. It has a moral compass. There's yeah. I'm, I have a feeling that it's not straight up evil. Yeah. Well, well, that's promising. Yeah. So and and unfortunately, this episode, Corey. She seemed like an absolute lush. Oh, I can't take it. She's so hot. I, dude, when she started getting freaky with, with that dude, yeah. I immediately, weirdly enough, thought of you. I was like, Mike's probably you, you got his dick. Mike? Yeah, I was like, he's probably got his dick out right now going to town. Ah, yes. well, well, dude, I was so, I was mad at that guy. I'm like, dude, shut up. Same. You are a pussy. Same. Oh, something obviously is going on with you. I'm like, she is a grown woman, completely in control of her faculty. She called your ass over. She wants to fuck, dude. That's she, what people do sometimes when they need an escape. You she, said it yourself, but yeah. you and your fucking psychology <laughs> fucked it up for the rest of us. We could have saw some titties. Right. And, 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 and he tried to he tried to be the caring guy, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm looking out for you, babe. And I, I you Fuck know, did you need somebody to talk to? I'm here. I'm a professional. But that's the nice thing, guys. That's the nice thing. And, and look what happened. The nice guys happened. never get laid. <laughs> right. And he look, he went home with blue balls. And he didn't even have to be a dick in this situation. He just had to pull his dick out because yes. she was ready to go on the stairs. <laughs> she is so steamy. The way she, I'm going to be very, she I'm going to be very, uh, you know, douchey right now, but the way she walks, every, she is super hot. Yeah, she is the perfect Starfire. I don't think she is. She is the perfect Starfire. She was the perfect cast. I have to start turning my, averting my eyes when I watch the show <laughs> when she's on. I just can't take it. It just really? hurts too much. Yeah, it hurts too much. I'm like, oh god. Well, how'd you feel about Donna this week? Oh, she's hot too. I can't take any of these ladies, <laughs> but especially Starfire. She is so steamy. She 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 was looking really really good. Give me some of that chocolate. Yeah, man. Get on that mic. What are you dis- What are you whacking it over there? Yeah, like, I am. It's, it's, Steve it's, looks like it was funny he's because like, like, disappearing. I'm looking I'm like, at him, and Steve's just lost in thought. I was. Like, oh. Dude, she was. She was so good, and and she gave that broad at the diner some real mouth too. Like, get back there and make me some donuts. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love so people awesome. like that. She's. I think she's my favorite in terms of personality too. Like, she's always mm-hmm. down, and she doesn't take lip. I like oh, it. Oh no, she doesn't take any lip off anybody. Yeah. I really I really enjoy it. But see, going back to that Batman moment, that's the only character that I felt would say something like that. So she, he came all the way over here to mansplain this whole situation to us and then he leaves. Yep. Everyone else, they don't they're human beings for the most and part. And they know what's going and on. And they know who Batman is. They know the whole hierarchy. She's from space. She's an alien queen. <laughs> She's like, who the fuck is this guy? So that's why I, I totally didn't get annoyed. It wasn't an eye rolling moment. I'm like, no, I buy it. That's exactly yeah. what she would say. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. So before we get into the final thoughts, there's one thing I noticed and I thought I had noticed it maybe two episodes back, maybe three. Is it just me? But in Titan's tower near the kitchen area, is that Dr. Fate's helmet on display? That's what I saw, too. Yep. I saw that, too. I saw it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I saw it, but I just kind of like... Now, uh, here's the thing that I was going to see if I can blow up Mike's brain. Oh, Let's Jesus. see it. What are you going to do? 
Do I have so to, ble- do I have to get ready saw, to bleep you out? <laughs> you saw Dr. Fate's helmet. We all saw it. It's right there. Right there. <laughs> now, Mike touched on the whole thing about Raven and the Gargoyle, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's probably... No one seemed actually really sad that guy got killed. It was a vengeance kill. It wasn't, you know, anything like that. What if... I'm just saying, because I looked back at that uh, scene... And I, it dawned on me, wait a minute. If this was a vengeance kill, that didn't exactly look like Raven's uh, demonic uh, aura that she uses. It was just a gargoyle. It was just a gargoyle. And I was like thinking to myself, but the the thing that flew into the gargoyle looked vaguely familiar and I thought about it. The specter. Oh, that's too the specter. Much. That's too much, don't you think? <laughs> and the only reason why I thought... Into this show. Now, the only reason why I thought... You saw Dr. Fate. You see Spectre. All of them are all the JLA. This team needs a team to look up to. They need a team to look up to and idolize, not the Justice League, because the Justice League is beyond them. They're not going to be like Bruce. But we have. But the- they need a mentor team to mentor them. I, isn't that Dick Grayson, though? Isn't that like kind of the point that he's... He's already been through this, so he's here to train a new generation of Titans. But it's obvious that he's not ready for it. If he's not ready for it for himself, he needs to actually find himself Are first. you sure he's not ready for it, or is he just He needs dealing... to find himself first. I think after the... And Nightwing is him finding himself. Yeah. No, that I agree with. And I, I feel like once he gets past these issues... He is in the right place to train people. I think that's the whole I, the whole point. That's why he left. He's a listen. I, I'm trying to do this again, and I'm going to fail. But if he can overcome what's happening now, and he realizes that he did nothing to Jericho, and that Jericho's alive, I think he can get over. He can get over that and be the instructor. I think adding yeah. Spectre, and uh, even though I love the idea, oh, I fucking love that idea. But it, the, the reason I feel why, like it's just too it, much. It, 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 the I, reason I, I why I thought about it was because. Of the whole adage that we all said that Corey, Donna, the original Titans, right, are going to be the teachers. But in this episode, the one underlying thing is the fact that a person above them had to bring them together back again to a team. Because just like what you alluded to, Steve, it's mainly Bruce looking at them. You shit the bed, you learn, and you fix it yourself. And the teaching to moment. me, teachers don't need that. So, in essence, this team still needs to be taught as a team. And that's where Bruce I Wayne th- comes in. If we bring in Spectre and these other groups, you, don't be, you, think you bring it's in the JLA? Too convoluted. I, I think it might be too much. And what's interesting, even that you mentioned the Spectre, and I had to look it up here because I had thought I had seen this over on the CW. Uh, Stephen Amell had teased the Spectre, the Spectre making an appearance on Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earth. So, and we know that basically the the Titans make their appearance on Crisis on Infinite Earth. That hasn't been confirmed. That was a rumor. It was a rumor. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, they yeah. said they were supposed to be in it. They were supposed to be in it. Uh, they they alluded that Doom Patrol might actually be in it. So, if everything is wow. bleeding together, why not bring the jail? I in? want that shit world to stay separate. I don't want CW versus to as much as I like the idea of them doing it for fan service because they're they are bringing a lot of fan service into that crossover. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about them going that far. I, I don't know. I'll have to search my. <laughs> it would feelings. blow everyone's mind. Well, some that. of those rumors have already been debunked. debunked. Uh, the dude that plays Lucifer, he straight up said, "I don't know how this got started," because <laughs> they said that he was going to be in there with yeah. a scene with Constantine. He's all, "I'm not going to be in this at all." So, well, no, so, I think people's imaginations are just running wild with that whole thing. Yeah, I, I'm glad you guys both saw the helmet then too, because the like helmet? I said. Uh, Three, four, five episodes back, whenever it was. I mean, maybe it was when Rose was first in the tower. I can't remember specifically when, but I do remember seeing it earlier and it like sticking in the back of my brain. And then this episode, I paused it and looked and I'm like, that's totally. That's the, that's the, the, the helmet of fate. And totally. The, that's why it started making me really think and put in the thing that Mike hates that I do, the tinfoil hat. Yeah, I hate that. Honestly, I do. But honestly, I love it. I love bringing out the tinfoil hat, especially with this epi- uh, with this series, because they're making so many callbacks to all these characters, 
And I'm like going, okay, there's a reason why they would do stuff like that. They just don't leave it out there. Maybe it's just, just to show. That's just a set piece. It's, yeah, maybe it's to maybe. show that they, that, that character exists in the, in the universe. But, but what happened to him? Did they have to whoop his ass somehow? Seems highly unlikely. Because they, whoever Dr. Fate is at that moment, we're getting really into nerd territory here. But yes, if, welcome. If, <laughs> Dr. Fate's never without the, what was it, it called, the helm? The helm of Naboo. He's never without it. Wow. Yeah. And well, unless basically the, the helmet user just gives it to them but to there hold. Ha- but there has to be a, a fate, a Dr. Fate, doesn't there? In order Not necessarily. To- Not necessarily because the helm of Naboo chooses Dr. Fate. Jesus Christ. Okay, David, if you're right, then I'm a, I'll give you $100, okay? Sweet. But, but I, it's, it's you can't not. take it back. It was, it's now I on air. I'll give them $100, but I just think it's, it's way too much. There's, also, they all show up, and I just go, $100. You know, I'll give you $100 per JLA member that shows up before the end of the season. Okay? <laughs> I got that? two. That's I got how two. much I doubt. I got two. Okay. Well, let's get into the final thoughts here, guys. I'm going to uh, look like a real jerk off. Like, <laughs> actually, 500, 600, 600. 700. <laughs> um, David, you go first. I actually like this episode. This episode was really well done. Um, it's one of those, it's one of those things that basically I was really giddy that my, the, the idea of Jericho came true. Mm-hmm. I, I got giddy at that. I was like, going, nailed it. And I'm so happy they're going with the story because it's so interesting because like, is he locked in? Is he, is he controlling Slade? Is Jericho evil? Is Jericho crazy? <laughs> and like, I loved that story so much when they did it in Titans, it made the Judas effect, uh, Judas effect. Yeah. Judas effect. Um, so much special because like, uh, he was such an important character to Titans history. And then, I love the whole Bruce Wayne thing. I know a lot of people were like going eye rolling and going, God damn it. It's Batman. But in all honesty, when you take a look at how they executed it, it was executed very intelligently. I was a little worried. Uh, the first time we saw Bruce at the very beginning and it grew on me to, as they, that episode went on, on because and this episode sealed it, especially now that I think about it, because before we came on air, I was telling Mike that I was concerned that we're getting to the very end, right? We're getting to the end of the season where we're like, what, two episodes? Two, two episodes out. Two episodes out. Oh, we're two episodes out. Yeah, there's 13. <laughs> yeah. And I I actually think about it now. I'm less worried now because <laughs> I know I hate that. I've, I've stated in other shows, I hate this trope, but you use Batman to get the show going. Bruce came in and said, hey, get your shit together, please. Go. This is going on. Go fix it. It's your guys' fault. (laughs) Don't make me fix it for you. And I liked that. I actually thought I would hate it because I saw the the, the rumors of it. But in all honesty, on execution, I thought it was executed very intelligently. Mm. Looking back. So what's your score? Score on this. I'm going to give this episode a 87 oh okay um mike what about you man um i also enjoyed the episode even though like you mentioned at the top of the show that it feels like it's all over the map and i would agree it is but at the spine of the story it was all brought together by Dick Grayson's issues. Yes. Yes, we had Starfire doing her thing and Raven doing her thing and, you know, Donna and everyone else doing their thing. Their stories and the manipulation of Bruce Wayne brought them all together again. And that's something that we were talking about. Like, fuck, now they're all separate again. We just got them all together. This needs to be a story about the Titans. They need to be together. How are we going to bring them to back as a team? Well, here it is in a way that actually makes a lot of sense. The use of Bruce Wayne, a character that we already know and understand his characterization and they stay true to the comic book version of Bruce Wayne, a guy that doesn't know how to let go, a guy who's very controlling, anal retentive at times, and he has tabs on everyone. <laughs> makes perfect sense. I love it. I love the fact that they use Bruce Wayne uh, as a 
beautiful metaphor to tie into last season as well. The fact that at the center of Dick Grayson's issues, um, he felt like his problems were Bruce Wayne. And it manifested that way as well as a form of Bruce Wayne in his mind. And now this very version of Bruce Wayne is now helping him through his problems. I think it's a pretty smart episode, honestly, because it connects and brings a lot of these ideas together. So I'm going to give it an 82. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said, Mike, about Bruce. It's funny because that first episode, like I said... It grew on me over time. It's interesting if you look at the season as a whole to to date. Two standout episodes for this season are the episodes where Bruce has shown up and played such a pivotal part in in directing Dick's thoughts and actions. So um, it would be interesting if they didn't have that, how they would play this out. But it, it, you know, we keep talking about it. It's this is Dick's journey ultimately mm-hmm. so far, and it was really hard to write the notes this week. It was very scattered, but it's like Mike said, it, it, the it spine of it, it pulled it all together. <laughs> yeah. And you said it last week. It's like wh- why, with so much problems with with how it's structured, like. I shouldn't like it, but it's doing exactly what I would want it to do as a, as a fan. And I can't, I can't be mad at it. You can't be mad at it. So it ultimately I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and I can't wait to see Dick now that he's going to be getting out of prison. Obviously they, they showed up to save his ass and he wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see when he turns up and when he's going to don his costume, I'm getting more and more excited for that. As... And, and they really help that by showing us that there's a new threat, mm-hmm. a new threat level. Yeah, he has his issues with Slade and, and and Jericho and stuff, but you have that looming threat now from Gar and and Cadmus. Right, and, and, and we also know now that there was a connection between Rose and Slade and where's that going to go? And just pulling it up again, uh, pulling up the DCU site, I don't know if you guys saw the screen grab for what's to come next week, but the screenshot, they don't have a title. It just says coming soon for episode 12. The screenshot is Rose in her costume. Hmm. So I'm super excited in jazz. This episode made me even more super excited in jazz. So I, I'm not going to score as high as you guys. I'm going to give it a solid 77 um, just because I had problems with how it was structured. But overall, I still enjoyed it like yeah. crazy. And it's just making me more and more excited for what's to come next. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight's review of DC on RMD Titans Edition. Remember, you can always catch any past and future DC on RMD episodes through DC on RMD.com and check us out on the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams at DC on RMD. Catch you guys later. Mother of God, would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 